As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Quartz 96 FM. It's a dreary old morning out there now. We'll try and brighten it up for you, though. 1850-715-996. Text 083-396-9696. The evening, uh, the email, rather, opinion at 96fm.ie. Another pair of tickets today to give away to Dido live at the Marquee June 2020. Surprised by the reaction to this. People all over it trying to get tickets for Dido. It's so long since she toured. It's so long since we realized just how good she is. So I have another pair of tickets to give away between now and midday for Live at the Marquee 2020 featuring Dido. Also coming up, a man who is particularly annoyed at Dara Murphy. Very, very upset with Dara Murphy. Get to, actually, did you see how much money Dara Murphy is getting? That's on the front page of the examiner. That and plenty more. Also, we'll check up with that housing protest. A man talking about his battle with bulimia very bravely written about his battle with bulimia and it's interesting on a number of levels that's that's coming but first i mentioned the housing crisis and i mentioned the housing march and no matter how the, much the government tell us oh lads it's working it's working it's working the numbers are getting bigger and one group that's caught up in it and you wouldn't think they're caught up in it but they are are people with pets jan good morning to you Good morning. How are you? Good. Now you're trying to find a place to live at the moment. You're not short of, of, of you have you know you, you you have money to pay, you have money to rent. But what's the problem? The the problem is in all County Cork are only three properties where are pets allowed. And what I did in the past couple of weeks, I rang up places to go for viewings and uh, and I asked on the viewing then how and how it is with pets. But there is no possibility to find. Uh, a room to rent with pets allowed. Is it a room you want or an entire apartment? Well, uh, a room or an apart apartment, you see. Yeah. I suppose a room could be a bit awkward, but definitely an apartment might be better with Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, at, at, at the mo- mo- moment, I really need to get what I can get, you know. Yeah, yeah. And what is it yeah. you have? A dog, a cat? A dog, a rescue dog. And I don't want to give a give 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 him up because he was a rescue dog, and he was very shy on the beginning and everything. And it took me lots of work and care. And he's a great dog now. Like he's working, he's really really great. Like you know. And will you be living on your own with him? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And and when you go to a landlord and you say, "Look, all I want is the room or the apartment," what do they say about the dog? 
They say, nope, sorry, no pets. And why do they say no pets? There is, there is no, they just don't mention why no pets. They just say, no, there are no pets, pets allowed, and that's basically it then. Have you asked anybody? Oh, I did, yeah. I'm, ask, I'm asking around, I'm asking, I'm emailing, I'm ringing, I'm even asking people I come across in the gym, you know, if they know someone who, who, who is renting out where is a pet allowed, you know. Yeah. And, like, how urgent is it? I mean, where are you living at the moment? Sorry? Where are you living at the moment? Oh, at the moment in Ladies Bridge. Okay. Okay. And you have but a dog I would like with you to there. Move. I, 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 and I have, yes. I, I'd love to move a bit closer to Cork, you see. And yeah. I have to be out in my house and lay the switch before Christmas. Yeah. And is it a choice between move or lose the dog? Is that what it is? That's what it is, yes. Right. It's either giving up the dog or living with the dog on the streets, you know. Yeah, and you're willing to do that? Well... If I don't find a possibility to uh, get a house where I can keep my dog, I will have to give him up. I, I'm afraid. Yeah. But, you know, but it's just, it's still an animal you are close to, like, you know. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And I'd love to know from any particular landlords that are listening why they have a problem with with people having pets. I, I, I know that we did talk to people before uh, in apartment blocks where it was a difficulty, you know, if you're living in a higher floor or something, it's a difficulty with the dog or the dogs might bark or the dogs might disturb people or some people are afraid of dogs. But at the end of the day, you just want a place to move in, you and your dog, either a room or an apartment. Exactly, yes. Yes, and uh, and even the shelters are all 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 overrun with rescue animals because people have uh, because people giving up their their pets, like you know. Yeah, yeah. Where are you from, Jan? I'm trying to place your accent. <laughs> I'm from Germany. I thought so. I thought so. And how long, <laughs> how long have you been in Cork? Oh, I'm living in Cork now for nearly twelve years. Ah, oh, really? And in Germany, yeah. would you be allowed to find a place with your dog? Oh, easily. Really? Yes. Very easy, easy, very easy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, look, if anybody has a place and, and you're working full-time, I take it? Oh, of course I am, yeah. Yeah. You're working full-time, so a good wage. Um, if anyone wants to take you on a room or an apartment and is willing to, to have your dog as well, so they can contact us and we'll contact you. How's that? That would be brilliant, PJ. All right, Jen. No problem. Good to talk to you. Thanks very much. 1850 He reckons, though, that it's either the dog or the streets. He's willing to do so much for his dog that he's almost willing to make himself homeless rather than have to give up his dog. He, where he is at the moment for circumstances, he has to get out of fairly quickly. He's in Ladies Bridge right now and he wants to move closer to town. He wants to bring his dog with him into a sing- into a room or into an apartment. And the dog is a rescue and he doesn't want to part of the dog. And he's saying, look, I'd even, I literally would be homeless, willing to be homeless rather than lose the dog. Which, unless you actually have an owl mutt, that's not something you're going to get. And, you see, the landlords, I'd love to hear from a landlord what the problem is with an old dog. I really would. Because we're people in this country who love our animals and we particularly love our dogs. I'd love to know what landlords' problems are with dogs. 
There are those who say that it's the banks imposing this on the landlords. And of course, so many landlords are completely in hock up to their arse to banks that the banks can tell them exactly what to do and exactly how to do it. So is it the banks telling the landlords that they can't have any pets in there? We don't know. I'd like to find out. It's just a, it's an aspect of the of the crisis that you don't hear much about. 1850-715-996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Solid Fuel Depot at Drew's Filling Station, Turner's Cross. Great deals on all solid fuels with seven-day delivery. SolidFuelDepot.ie This is Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850-715-996. On Cork's 96FM. Just a quick mention. Over the next few weeks, there'll be any number of events taking place for charity and good causes and what you're having yourself at Christmas time. Now, last year, the executive research desk was completely inundated with requests for stuff to be mentioned. And you know what? We welcome them all. This year, I'm going to make it a bit easier on the lads outside the glass. You can actually email me directly this year if you've something on for Christmas, a charity event, a concert, a carol service, whatever. And we'll give them a quick mention, as many of them as we can. You can email me directly, uh, pj at 96fm.ie, pj at 96fm.ie, and just put Christmas event in the subject box, and I'll get them and I'll collate them, and I'll read out as many of them as I possibly can between now and Christmas Eve. And we actually do have a show on Christmas Eve, so I'll get as many of your mentions as I possibly can. Just try and get them in to me a day or two before the event, so that when I check the emails in the morning, I can print them off and they're not late. All right. So PJ at 96fm.ie. I'll mention that again anyway. Front page of the examiner this morning. A picture of Darren Murphy. And story by Daniel McConnell, the political editor, who says that Dara Murphy is entitled to over €500,000 following his resignation as a TD earlier this week. Are you sitting for this? Are you sitting down? Yeah? He has a basic TD salary of 96189 All right, that's his standard TD salary. His termination payment, having resigned, he gets a lump sum of two months' salary, 16000 Then he gets six monthly payments, totaling up to thirty-six. So his termination payment is 52101 even though he has quit. On top of that, now he can't collect it until he's 65 but he will have an annual pension of about 19 and a half grand and a pension lump sum of 58,000, which of course will mature and grow because he's a bit south of 65 yet. He'll also have a pension from his time as a junior minister. And he's just gone and taken up a 150,000 euro a year job in the European Commission. But he gets 52,000 euro after he resigned this week as a TD. And then this morning comes another story, uh, also in The Examiner, um, where Senator Colin Burke, who of course was standing in the by-election for Fine Gael, claims that Darren Murphy's announcement that he was about to resign scuppered his campaign. 
Senator Colin Burke was second with the first preference vote in the by-election, but he told the examiner the scandal about Mr Murphy's Doyle absence had hurt his chances of winning a seat. And I would say, Senator Burke, that his decision to resign two or three two or three days before the poll was the final nail in your coffin. Good morning. Morning, PJ. Would you think so? Well, it wasn't helpful. I mean, look, you know, um, I've been working as hard as any TD in Cork North Central, even though I'm a senator uh, for the last eight years. Um, Dara wasn't in the constituency. Um, there was very little constituency work being done from his office. Um, I think Fine Gael, I know a lot of people are saying, you know, Fine Gael uh, deserted North Central. I didn't desert North Central. Um, I have worked um, tirelessly there mm. and I will continue to do that. Were you affected uh, to understand? in for him? <clears throat> I suppose technically you could say that um, but look, you know I have always done my own thing in the constituency um, I'm not tied to any one person or to any one group um, I think one of the things about the campaign was that I never saw the Fine Gael team so united mm. in an election um, we had a huge number of people out people that I hadn't seen out in quite a number of years were out working, mm. determined to help me get that seat. And the vote, yeah. and I was at the town <clears throat> class Saturday morning, and, yeah. and people were genuinely, even even dyed in the wool, Finnegalers, were, were pleasantly happy and surprised uh, with the first preference vote, given, yeah. given, given and, the, state yeah. of the, the state of the nation, you know? Yeah, and, you know, we have, like, the Fine Gael got, of all the parties, Fine Gael got the biggest increase in vote in North Central in this by-election. Mm. Um, our vote went up from 17.8 in the general election uh, to 21.14%, mm. <coughs> 3.3% increase. It's the first time since yeah. 2007 that there is an upward trend. But are you suggesting that if Darren Murphy had been doing his job here rather than over and back to Brussels that you might have won the seat? I mean, did he canvass for you, Colm? Pardon? Did he canvass for you? No, I mean, Dara hasn't been involved in the constituency for a number of years. I mean, you look at the by-elections, you know, or the, the local elections, for instance, you know, Cork North Central now, because of the makeup of the local electoral areas, there's eight different local electoral areas affecting Cork North Central because there's a bit of the Formoy, uh, Mitchellstown area in North Central, there's a bit of um, Cove, Carrytool area in North Central. It's a big sprawl Macomber. now. It's a big sprawl, but... We ran 20 candidates in the local elections in 2019. 14 of those candidates got elected. Six of them are new councillors. And that all benefited in the by-election. And I think mm. uh, Dara wasn't involved in the local elections either. Um, so we were able to get on as an organisation, do the work, get the seats... I mean, six new councillors, which is a huge addition for Fine Gael in, in the constituency. It, 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 to any observer of politics, even knowing that he'd been pretty much absent for the last two years, the fact that he announced a couple of days before polling that he was going to, to stand down as a TD there and then, any observer of politics would have seen that as, as, as a kick for you and, and tr- trying to push you under some kind of a bus. But, like, did you pick up the phone or did you send him a text and say, what the hell are you at? No, I mean, I haven't um, been... Do you uh, speak? Uh, we have met on, I'd say, about three occasions in the last 12 months, but really? uh, we, we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't be on the phone. I, I don't think I had so a phone So there's no call. love lost, is what you're saying. <laughs> 
I'm not, I don't want to be quoted on that, but look, you know, as I said... Put the words look, in my <clears> mouth, <throat> not yours. There's no love I've, lost. I, I, I do my own thing. I have, I have, I've worked very effectively in the constituency. There's a lot of stuff to be done. There's a lot of things delivered on, uh, which I've worked on, whether it's school extensions, whether it's yeah. new schools. <clears throat> look, we've, we've short sheet projects now. Um, we've the, we're looking for a new school in Carnivar. Um, we're waiting for the planning to go through there. We have just got sanctioned for a new 1200 pupil uh, school in mm. in Blarney where it's now going out to tender mm. we've done we've built Skull Cara in Bandoff yeah. and all of this was done with the, without your sitting TD well I'm not saying whether he had influence or not but I certainly um, put as much pressure as I could on ministers uh, after I finished this call this morning I'm going to meet the Minister for Health to talk to him about the new hospital for Cork about you know fast tracking that because I think we have a huge challenge in Cork mm. now as you know PJ the population of Cork City and County has increased by 130,000 people over the last uh, Oh look I get 20. the trolley wash figures every morning Colin I, I, and like, I know how like, bad it is Yeah and PJ like you know for for 19 20 years no one talked about a new hospital um you know we need to get on with it and look i don't want to have a row about whether it's north central or south central my attitude is let's identify what's the best location for this hospital hang on a second you mentioned north central or south central there was a time when you could tell the difference now there's bits of both in each yeah, there is. And I think, the, for instance, the current university hospital is in North Central. So is uh, the Mercy Hospital. The South Infirmary is the only hospital not in North Central, which is interesting because the boundary line of the, the road in front of the university hospital is the boundary line for North Central. So my view is, look, it's about getting a hospital right. built. We need to get on with it. And let's not make the same mistake that was made mm. in Dublin where... There was a row in town for 25 years ago yeah. where it should be. And then in the end, when the site was given planning permission on board, it, top, it uh, toppled it and, and it set it back another four to five And let's years. not even go there about the children's hospital, although Absolutely. I know you've defended but, that location in the past. Come back, though, to the, to, to the, to the core issue here at hand. <clears throat> Do you believe, Senator Bork, that you could have won that election if Darren Murphy had been here in Cork doing his job as a TD? I think our, 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 the benefits of having a TD working, you know, instead of having one person working in constituency, having two is always a benefit, and it certainly would have been helpful in getting that extra vote out. And it's not also about first preferences, it's also about transfers. You know, transfers play a crucial role mm. in any election, and especially in a by-election. And if you have, you know, uh, people working and you mightn't get the, fa- the number one um, they don't want to vote for the party they don't want to vote for the candidate but you'll get a two and three mm. uh, as Ming Flanagan showed in his election above in Connacht Ulster it was interesting where someone gave Brendan Smith a number one and gave him a number 15 and when Brendan Smith was eliminated that yeah, number yeah, 15 the transfers in, are important and, 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 and I think it's important that when you have people working and I think that's a great benefit why the vote increased North Central as well this time mm. for us is the effect of work yeah. that the councillors are doing and they are working very hard right across the constituency. I don't think there'll be Christmas cards coming from the Senate uh, from Senator Colin Burke's office to Dara Murphy this Christmas. Thank you Colin 1850 They've met. Now the Senator and the TD the Senator and the TD have met about three times in the past year. That says it all and he's not going to say it but there's no love lost between these two men none at all so that might just tell you why it was that Darren Murphy decided to pull the plug a couple of days before the by-election. And also, 
there's a there's a saying in politics that revenge is a dish best eaten cold. And Darren Murphy has been smarting ever since Leo Varadkar pulled him back from his junior minister's job over in Europe. He was junior minister for European affairs. And when he supported Simon Coveney in the leadership battle a couple of years ago, he was punished. He was punished by Leo Varadkar by losing his junior ministry. And from that day to this, he's been smarting. That's... It's a sound, it reads like a column in the Phoenix magazine, but that's what it's all about. Chris O'Leary was on to point out that actually it was Councillor Thomas Gould of Sinn Féin who was second. It was at the end of the day, Chris, but on the first preferences, on the first preferences, Colin Burke was second to Padraig O'Sullivan. John says, why didn't he come out on the attack during the election about Darren Murphy? People would have more respect for him if he did that. He's only electioneering now. Why is... Mr. Burke bringing all this information on Murphy to the airways now and not pre-election. Didn't hear him congratulating the winner of the by-election, Mr. O'Sullivan. I think he did, actually, on the night or on the day. Dara's pension will come into effect once his termination payments end. That's the same as what Dan Boyle and other politicians got after 2011. Well, just one second till I bend down and get me examiner. Hold on. Hang on a second. Um, Danny McConnell on the uh, front of the examiner he's their political editor I reckon he knows what he's talking about he won't get his pension until he reaches 65 because of the, the time in which he was elected he was only elected first he was only elected in 2011 so the pension rules changed then Okay, so he won't get his pension until pension age. PJ Finnegale knew Darren Murphy wasn't available as a TD for the last two years while he was drawing his Doyle salary and full expenses. Now they act as if it's a complete revelation. The money is safe in the bank now, says Joe. Uh, Carlos says, while on the topic of Dara's pension, isn't Lisa Smith going to get an army pension despite all the cost she has caused the state? It doesn't feel right. That's interesting. That's interesting. It's a good question. Is she still entitled to a Defence Forces pension? Now, we can't say much about her at the moment because she's been remanded in custody on a number of different charges. So we kind of have to be careful what we say about Lisa Smith from from here for. However, that's a very good question. Is she still entitled to a Defence Forces pension? Despite the cost already that she has already imposed upon the state. Good call, good question. 1850-715-996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the solid fuel depot at Drew's Filling Station, Turner's Cross. Call and collect or get seven-day delivery for those cosy nights in. SolidFuelDepot.ie This is Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96 FM. Yeah, Michael says Darren Murphy was mad at Barack Radker dropping him as a junior minister and that's why he went and got a job in Brussels with the European People's Party and is now gone off serving. He's serving actually in a big job now that'll draw a salary of 150 grand a year plus, of course, all the expenses like his flights home won't come out of that salary. His rent won't come out of that salary. His hotel rooms in Brussels won't come out of that salary. 
So you could probably say it's closer to 250,000 he's getting over in in Brussels for the next number of years, however long his contract is over there. Nice money if you can get it. But of course, the sweetener to keep his occasional vote when they needed it. And this is the thing, you see, that he was demoted by Labour Edgar for supporting Simon Coveney in the leadership election. That's that's pretty much what what people say, and it's more or less what anyone on the ground in Finnegale will tell you. But you had to keep him sweet and because the dial numbers were so tight they had to be able to rely on his vote when they needed it like the other night to save Owen Murphy's bacon they had to get his vote so they kept him sweet by letting him go back and forwards to Brussels with this new job of his and draw his TD salary at the same time the thing is you see it's legal for a TD to have a second job there's nothing wrong with it there's nothing illegal about a TD having a second job which raises a whole new debate I was on the, the, the telly yesterday with Mara and I and this came up as part of the discussion that we had You know, should TDs be allowed to have a second job because for forever TDs have had second jobs, they've been publicans they've been farmers, they've been solicitors they've all had second jobs loads of them have so Darren Murphy's not the first one to have a second job so let's not, let's, let's not, let's not but should they be allowed to have a second job is a good question. So I'd like your thoughts on it. Should a TD, because they presently are, should a TD be allowed to have a second job? Yes or no? We might do a poll. We'll see. Should a TD be allowed to have a second job? Because presently they are. If they become a junior minister, they can't. But if they're just a TD, they are entitled to have, are allowed to have a second job. On Lisa Smith, Dam or Demo was on WhatsApp at 083-396-9696. Uh, Lisa Smith would have to have served 21 years in the Defence Forces to get a pension. Uh, she probably won't then because she quit in 2011. Thanks for that, Demo. 1850-715-996. Listen, can I, I mentioned the fact that you can send me your various Christmas events and fundraisers and concerts and draws and raffles and so whatever you're doing for the next few weeks, I don't mind, to pj at 96fm.ie. One of the first ones I got comes in from my old friend Tom Woodward who reminds me that the Rotary Tree of Remembrance, this is a gorgeous Christmas tree that the Rotary Club put up every year at the top of Winthrop Street there. It's huge. It's been up for a while, but their promotion kicks off December 7th which is Saturday and it's organised by the various Rotary Clubs around the city. It's a tree of remembrance and you can write a message in remembrance of a loved one on a little yellow ribbon and then the ribbons will be put onto the tree and they'll just create a beautiful, colourful display and a thoughtful display. And as Christmas gets closer, more and more ribbons go up on the tree and uh, they'll be there until Christmas Eve. And also, of course, the charity benefits from this. This year it's Marymount Hospice, Down Syndrome, Cork and Cork Simon. And they've raised over 700,000 in the 16 years of the Rotary Tree. So thanks to Tom for that. The Rotary Tree at the top of Winthrop Street from this weekend. 1857-1599. It's every day this week on the Opinion Line for Live at the Marquee, Dido. The 10th of June, 2020. We've been getting you to listen out for a Dido clip every morning of a different one of her tunes and like I say as I dig deeper into her stuff you realise just how great she was and just how much she was missed when she quit touring uh, to raise her family now Stanley is 
well, not, not, not quite all growed up her little boy, but he's growed up enough to give her an opportunity to go back on the road and she's touring with all the hits again in 2020 and she's coming to the marquee on the 10th of June and I have a pair of tickets every day to give away to Dido. So here's the tune you're listening out for and I will play it again before the end of the show. Here's the one you're listening out for today. This is Dido. All right, that's what you're listening out for again later on this morning. I'll drop that sometime between now and the end of the programme. Caller 10 at 1850-715-996. Finn says half a million for Darren Murphy for quitting a job he's never done. Not his fault the voters voted him in, is it? Jerry says, hi PJ, shouldn't have a second job as they were elected to do a job and that was to represent their constituents. If they do another job, they're not doing their job as a TD and shouldn't be paid as a TD. If someone wants to do another job, then a by-election for their seat should be held. Yeah, so we, we, might, we, we might throw out that to a poll in a minute. Do you think a TD should be allowed to have a second job? Because at the moment, there's nothing to stop them having a second job, nor was there ever. Like Jackie Healy Ray ran the Pope while he was a TD. There are many other examples up and down the country of TDs who are publicans, TDs who are farmers, TDs who are accountants, TDs who are lawyers, solicitors, whatever. And many of them have worked in their particular profession or job while serving as a TD. So it's not illegal. Should it be, though? That's a question we want you to think about. 1850-715-996. This one's come up on the programme more times than I care to remember. It's about parent and toddler parking spaces. We've had this, we've had this over and over again of people parking in those special spaces, say in Wilton or in Douglas or in Blackpool, the ones that have the picture of the mammy or the parent and the baby in them. You're not supposed to park in them if you don't have a child with you. And up and down the country, people do it. And up and down the country, people get annoyed about it and hit up about it. I'm reading here from the Connacht Telegraph about Sophie Flynn, who got most annoyed. Sophie, good morning to you. Hi, PJ. How are you? Good. I thought it was only a Cork problem, and then my friends in Dublin said it was a Dublin problem, and now I'm reading about you in the Connacht Telegraph. Because these, there's no legal entitlement to these. It's not like a disability space. You need a badge to park in one of those. You need no child to park in one of these. No, no, and it happens on a regular basis. They're just misused and abused, and it's just a lack of respect for motorists travelling with children. Mm. Um... You know, and it's just infuriating. Like you're you're thirty two, is that right? I'm thirty two, yeah, and, and I have two young children. You have three children. So getting getting to a shopping centre is a bit of a trek to say the least. Well, I have two children, um, PJ. Um yeah, it is well the shopping trip isn't um bad itself, it's the parking. You know, mm. you dread going into the parking, um, because you're battling. And yeah. if you have to park in a normal space, then that's fair enough, we have to do it, but it's the comments we get if we're taking our time and if we scratch the car mm. and it's just a battle to get your young children in and out of mm. their car seats or the car seat itself out of the car and to put it onto the buggy and vice versa. Mm. Now, now, Aldi are usually fairly good 
at providing a fistful of spaces and your one in Castlebar is no exception but what you seem to be facing is people who have no need of them parking in them. Yeah, there is. It's on a regular basis, people of all ages park in vacant. Now, they're known as parent and toddler spaces, but it's motorists um, travelling with children that they're aimed for. You know, they're, they're designated for that purpose. But pe- people travelling without children, they just misuse them on a regular basis. They've no shame in doing so um, when they have no children with them. Like recently, I've seen so many things, um, but three of which that stand out to me. Um, a middle-aged man pulled into a parent and toddler space in a new Jaguar, no children with him. Mm. Um, I know sh- He had no shame in walking away from me when I said, you know, that this was a parent and toddler space. Um, another occasion, another a, a lady said to me, um, she asked me, would I move my buggy away from her car, even though I was parked in a parent toddler space. I was getting my young baby into the car mm. and um, she had no children with her, but she had the, the cheek to say to me, would I move my buggy away from her car? But I did inform her that it was a parent and toddler space and that she had no children with her. Oh, so she was parked in one of them as well? She was parked in one she of them, yeah. She told you move. And she, if, she told me to move my buggy away It's a long time car. since there were any, my children were in buggies, but there is enough room, isn't there, to sit, and that's the, the, the idea. There is enough room yeah. to fold, to turn, to have a yeah. buggy in that space. And yet she but was so still... They're beside, they're beside the car as well. So if a car is coming, whether you're part reversed into the car parking space or facing out forward, you know, you know your child is safe. They're not on the actual road you could say or the driveway um, they're safe that's the purpose of them there's extra room for convenience um, and additional space to remove and place children in and out of the car in a safe manner Um, and it's infuriating and I think something really needs to be done about it When we spoke to security at one of the shopping centres here in Cork about this before they said well they have some hope of enforcing the wheelchair limitations because you have to have your blue badge they have some hope of enforcing that these are merely just put there as a convenience and if someone chooses to park in them there's absolutely nothing they can do to stop them no no there's not unfortunately but like i think parking attendants could be a bit more on board as well with um with this like recently i i was parking my car in tesco car park and the parking attendant was scanning my number plate um the same time that i was getting the baby's buggy out of the car um and a transit van pulled in beside me hopped out no children with him so i said it's the car park attendant that was scanning my number plate and um he shrugged his shoulders and walked off said what do you want me to do about it you know i think they could be a bit more proactive and maybe say, sorry, you know, this is parent and toddler space. You're taking us up from maybe somebody that's yeah. going to need us in a few minutes when they're looking for one. Yeah. You yeah. know, I don't think they understand the struggle. Yeah. Um, and I've had comments say to me, you know, you chose to have children. Um, parents shouldn't expect special treatment. And it's not that we want special treatment. We just want, um, you know, we're asking Convenience more to and safety children. is... Yeah, basics. to respect the reason that these spaces are there for a reason and they're allocated for a reason. And if you don't need it, park somewhere else. Yeah, so you know, it's... You started a petition now and you're trying to get... I it. have, yeah. yeah. Tell yeah. me more about that. And so I started a petition online. Um, it's on my Facebook page. Um, but I've also shared it to, to Connacht Telegraph as well because that was the paper that I contacted initially. Yes. Um, I had a very bad experience a couple of weeks ago in Aldi Car Park where I couldn't actually physically get into my car um, from the driver's side. A, par- a car had parked so close beside me. Um, I had to climb in the 
passenger side, past mm-hmm. my five-year-old in her car seat, holding my eight-month-old baby to put her into her car seat. And then I had to um, climb through the passenger side to get into the driver's side. I couldn't open the driver's side at all, a mere foot, I'd say. Um, so that kind of kicked off. That was the icing on the cake for me. And I said, enough is enough. The last five years I've been complaining about it and everybody's complaining about it, but nobody seems to be, you know, doing anything about it. So that was the icing on the cake for me. We have a lot of women like you listening to the programme here on any given morning. And as I, 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 they vented their frustrations previously. So what yeah. we might do, Sophie, is we might share the links to your petition on oh, our social. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Yeah. See what people think. Yeah, and hopefully the next step then is going to one of my local TDs and seeing what they can do and just kind of keep going with it as it moves forward. Mm, mm, I think it's, it's, it, we're very hard to enforce any kind of law there. But mm, Yeah. I just think maybe if if um, motorists travelling with young children um, purchase the badge, like the disab- disabled badges, yes. I don't know how that works. I know you have to pay for it every two years. It has to be renewed and you have to apply and meet certain criteria. But I just think something, there has to be something yeah. done. Yeah. You know, Show it's like the disabled space. Yes, exactly. The disabled spaces are the same. Um, you know, they're allocated with extra room. And it's the same for the parents and toddlers as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Here's something that's come in from Phil. Uh, regarding this current conversation with parent and child parking, I'm guilty of doing it simply because I find people have no respect for others' property. Often I see people opening car doors, bang, straight into the car next to them without a care in the world. I know it's not much of an argument, but this would be the reason why I'd park in those spaces from time to time. Not every day as they're wider. Yeah, oh, I get get where this is going. Phil, Phil parks there because they're wider and because Phil is sick and tired of parking in a regular space, and you'll see it, the, the, the idiot next to you just opens the big door, oh, crank straight into yours. Yeah. So Phil might have a new car, or a yeah. nice car, and Phil says, you know what, bit of space now, keep my car safe. There, There is an amount of that going on. There is, and it does happen, and I've seen it, and my car is full of scratches, you yeah. know, from people doing the same thing. But then my argument is... Like when I had to push my, I was parked in a normal space one day and when my baby was quite small and she was still in the carry car seat and it was pouring rain the same day. Now the lady that was parked beside me, she was waiting to get into the car and it was taking me longer to put my baby into the car seat because there was very little room and she made a comment. She was on the phone at the time and she made a comment to the person that she was on the phone to saying, I'm getting soaked, I'm waiting for this girl to put her baby into the car she's taken forever. Now, if the parents and toddler spaces weren't misused, you know, I would have had more space, which meant less time or more time to put my baby into the car. There's, there's two ways to look at that yeah. argument. Yeah, if everybody um, used them properly, nobody would have any If everybody used them properly. And I understand, like, my husband has a car, his car is scratched. You know, my parent has a car, their car is scratched. You know, everybody's cars get scratched in public car parks. That's just the way it is. But unfortunately, if the parent and toddler spaces are misused, then you're going to have people like me and like thousands of mothers, you know, they're squeezing their babies, yeah. more so babies, into their car seats, with their car seats into the car. And, you know, these things aren't small either. Yeah. Like, how are you supposed heavy. to do that without opening the door? Yeah. 
you know and I mean? have another toddler on your hip and things like that. You know, we're like I said, we're not looking for special treatment. And yes, we chose to have children, but these spaces were designed and implemented for the extra room and convenience mm. for users to use. So, so please, to, don't to whom will you them. present your petition? Your petition at the end of the day. Um, I'm waiting for the numbers to rise. And so I'm going to give it another week or two and I'll approach, I'm based in Castlebar in County Mayo, so um, I'll approach the county TDs, I think, in my town and take it from there. And if I have to go further, I will. All right. Well, we, yeah. we we're going to share it on our social media down here because, as I said, we've discussed it before and there'd be a bit of support in Cork for what you're doing. All right. Paul says, fair, for us. Paul says fair play to you and he supports you all the way. I mean, will it go anywhere? Can you achieve anything out of it? Maybe not, but you're going to try at least. Sophie, thanks very much. That's Sophie Flynn in, in Castle Bar in County Mayo. But something that really has bothered people here for quite a long time. So what she's done, she's doing something about it. She's gathering a petition and she's going to give that petition to her local TDs. Presumably they've got some up there that actually turn up. And, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. So we're going to share her petition on all our social media platforms. If you want to sign it, feel free. 1850 996 Tom says, there's children starving and homeless this Christmas. This lady would want to get real. That, Tom, is what about her, my friend? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the solid fuel depot at Drew's Filling Station, Turner's Cross. Focus coal, turf, gas and kiln dried wood. Open late, seven days. Solidfueldepot.ie The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Cork's 96FM. Let's run that little poll uh, on TDs and a second job in the wake of the whole Dara Murphy thing. When, let's stress this, regardless of what you might think of what he did and has been doing, he didn't break any rules. There's nothing to stop a TD actually having a second job. A junior minister, yes, but a TD, no. So should that change? If you think a TD should not be allowed to have a second job, you text TD no. If you think it's okay, TD yes. So, if you think it's okay for a TD to have a second job, be it in Brussels or in Ballyferret or who cares, then TD yes if you think it's okay for them to have a second job. If you think not, TD no to 083-396-9696 text or WhatsApp and we'll chuck it up on Twitter as well. So, TD, presently, it's okay for them to have a second job in certain circumstances. It's okay. Not as extreme as what Dara Murphy was at, but actually that wasn't illegal either. So, should a TD be able to have a second job? TD, yes, if you think it's okay. TD, no, if you don't. 083-396-9696 would pop it up on Twitter as well. It's a free Panto Friday tomorrow, by the way, on Corks 96 FM. We'll be here with every hour giving away family passes to the Corks 96 FM VIP performance of Jack and the Beanstalk at the Everyman. There's a special reception there that evening. Face painters, magicians, selection boxes, and, of course, the show. So that's every hour tomorrow, including here on the Opinion Line. Win your way to see Jack and the Beanstalk at the Everyman exclusively on Corks 96 FM. That is tomorrow. A couple of comments on toddler parking spaces. I'll come back to them. But Finn actually called in about that. Finn, good morning to you, sir. How are you? I'm, I'm off the wall speed, but we're good. 
drive on so have you, have you used these I do yeah yeah I have a four year old <clears throat> but um, i never forget one time though a man point um, horseself walks weekends so myself and young for it when he was about one down the man point like very early like quarter to nine nobody in the car park <clears throat> a Volvo SUV pulls up beside me a lady runs out and I goes you forgot your baby like that and <clears throat> she turned around came back started shouting at me right started telling me I was a man I was like aware of this and <clears throat> I goes look you shouldn't be parking there I goes it's going to sit up in a minute people are going to come up with kids and she was like ah. so she drove off but I've seen people like put up beside me get out and if you shout you forgot your baby most of the time they get back in the car and they drive off because they feel embarrassed but you do get the, <clears throat> the people then who couldn't give a crap same way the people who don't pick up after their dog you know, generally them all like that you, you, you'd, you'd categorise them as the same people oh absolutely you know they're, they're, um, they're, they're above they're above doing what you know do the, the correct thing to do I, lo- I love that I love that Finn good call thanks a lot so if you see someone pulling into one of these spaces that doesn't have a child with them right when they get out of the car and they walk away, come here, you forgot the child. <laughs> you might just embarrass one or two of them into turning around. Margaret says that Sophie's dead right, and that Tom's comment was a stupid one. She's entitled to have a parking spot. Elizabeth just suggests she shops online and there'd be no issue. You see, Elizabeth, people like shopping. I get your point, but people like shopping. Finn says, I know Finn, I've had a, many a shouting match about people parking in those spots. PJ, I often had to walk with bags of shopping with three kids in tow. Some women are so lazy. Heaven forbid if they should get wet, they want to park inside the shop door. Now get up your arse and walk, says Rose. All right, Rose. So you had it tough. So everybody else needs to have it tough. I remember going back in my parents' day, they walked to school. You hear, remember the old stories, oh, we walked to school in hail, rain or snow, sometimes with only one shoe. So we should have it hard as well? I don't know. Rose isn't that old. She's not. But what she's saying is, well, I had to walk with my three kids in tow and carry my shopping bags. So why shouldn't Sophie? What about re again? Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. But thank you, Rose. Mentioned there in the news and indeed the ad after the news about the morning after and not being caught drinking on the morning after. And I must say, three times this week as I drive into work, I've seen the morning checkpoints. I was actually stopped in two of them. Well, kind of a wave on. Once he looked at the usual stuff on the screen, he waved me on. But there they were: one on George's Key, one down on South Terrace. And another one was going in the opposite direction as, as I passed uh, one particular morning. So the traffic corps are out and the 24 newbies that we got to beef up the traffic corps in Cork over the Christmas time are, are working. Definitely they are. But John has been uh, wanting to talk to us about this for a day or two now. John, good morning to you. Good morning to you. Love a great show so far. Great thank you. Thank you. Day. Thank you, sir. And and I don't know whether you've seen the, the, the morning checkpoints so far. I have, certainly. So clearly the traffic corps are out and working. 
Absolutely, and they do tremendous work. And uh, not only do they do the traffic core, as you said, the breathalyzing in the morning, um, and they do it, you know, from the, the speed check and keeping us in tow there. But why, what I was saying to your research there earlier was interesting is that um, occasionally in Cork we have a traffic jam, uh, and particularly you think back to last last Tuesday or Tuesday week when we had the flood warnings and so on and so forth, and traffic was re- diverted, and. People were stuck either side of the tunnel for give or take anything between an hour and two hours. Mm. And I was scratching my head as if to say, well, if we have a traffic core and we have a traffic gridlock, why isn't someone out on point duty, uh, you know, rerouting or telling people, look, the tunnel's blocked, go this way or go that way, um, and try and ease the, the gridlock as quickly as possible? I suppose from, from two points, one, obviously, people in their frustrations are wanting to get home to their families, and other, otherwise, uh, are also, I should say, you know, you're sitting in your car that's idling, so all it is is pumping gas out the back, and, you know, from our emissions and our sustainability, we should keep an eye on that as well. So that's one thing that puzzles me. I don't know when the last time I saw a guard on point duty, John. Uh, and, and going back to the, to the, to the first caller there about the car parking spaces and things like that, like, w- as drivers, we have to bring respect back into our, our driving habits. Uh, you know, the yellow boxes is another one that, you know, <laughs> one side moves in and blocks the yellow box, so the other, the next side says, well, if you block the line, block it. And it ended up in grid, it ends up in gridlock. So mm. if there was a member of the traffic court there to say, look, hold on a second here, no lads, and we'll all get through it together. So that's my, my thought. Like, when we have a gridlock, why aren't they out on point duty more? They did it, if, if I may, if you'll indulge me for one more second, they did it very well. I think it was last summer sometime. There was a noise spill around the Bloomfield interchange, give or take. Mm. And in fairness, they were out. The fire brigade came out. They, they put the powder on the oil. They set up cones. They redirected traffic into one lane. No, traffic was slow. But it moved. And it worked very, very well. Mm. And I was saying, if we can do it in an emergency, why can't we do it outside of an emergency? That's why, just my thought. Why can't we do it to ease the blockage at Christmas time? And I can remember, and maybe... You might or you mightn't, and maybe younger listeners certainly won't. But I can remember a time when you'd have a guard on a motorbike or maybe a push bike or in a car. <laughs> and in the back of the car, he would have a pair of long white gloves yes. that went up almost to his <laughs> armpits. And they were luminous. And they were you'd see him a mile away. And, and he or she, but mostly, mostly he, would get off the bike, take yeah. out the gloves walk into the middle of the junction and start signing and he had the power under traffic regulations to override the traffic lights and I saw gridlock shifted in minutes by guys who were good at this absolutely, spot on, you've hit the nail on the head yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my dad had those gauntlets for years <laughs> It seems to be an art that is lost. It is. I don't know if they... I don't, And I'd love to know, and if any guard can call or tell us or let us know, do they actually even teach it anymore? And when was the last time someone had a pair of those big, long... They were huge things. And you'd yeah, see well, yeah. them... <laughs> to like something yeah. in, in a nuclear power station. You'd see them <laughs> a mile away. It was great. Yeah. All right, John. Listen, thank you very much. Thank for your you, time. sir. Thank you. 1850-715-996. Point duty. Any guard serving or retired or off duty that would like to text me at 083 396 96 96 and ask, answer me two questions. Do they still teach guards to do point duty? Maybe three questions. Do they still teach guards to do point duty? Do guards still do point duty? And do they still have those fabulous big white gloves that you could see a mile away to allow them to do the point duty? Because it would be great 
Do you look at parts of the city that are completely gridlocked at this time of the year? And the guard just come up, and I'm not talking about 100 years ago now, but a guy would come up, they'd get off the motorbike or get out of the car, or they might just run up and they'd put on the gloves. And you see, you'd see them in the lights, put on the gloves, and they would literally walk into the middle of the junction and start making assessments and start giving directions. And you could clear grid. I saw it done, clear gridlock in minutes. Do they do that anymore? 1850-715-996. Morning, can you tell me, do TDs and ministers pay tax on PRSI? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. They sure do. You might think, you might, um, you might think they don't, but they do. <laughs> Someone else texts in on the toddler parking space says, I'm stealing that one, PJ. Come here to me. You forgot your baby, love. <laughs> Well, you can't steal it from me. Steal it from, from Finn. Fiona on WhatsApp said, Sophie's right. What would happen if that mom or any mom or dad had a disability? How would she have gotten into the car? The majority of people are in their own bubble, totally inconsiderate to anyone around them. Wake up, people. Siobhan says, people are missing the point about mother and baby spaces. It's nothing to do with how far you have to walk. It's about having enough space around your car to manoeuvre a bulky baby seat or a buggy in and out. People are now only looking out for themselves. 1850-715-996. Let's keep that one going, though, on the, the, the TDs for a while. Should a TD be allowed to have a second job? Presently, they are. They can be publicans or farmers or they can have a law practice or a little business, corner shop, whatever. They're allowed to do that. Should they be allowed to do that? TD or run off to Brussels and work for a European party. They can do that too. T- TD, yes, if you think that's okay. TD, no, if you think not. To 083 396 The Opinion Line on Corks 96 FM. With the solid fuel depot at Drew's Filling Station, Turner's Cross. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kill dry wood and gas. SolidFuelDepot.ie Attention Cork businesses. Attention Cork businesses. It's time to bring on the festive feeling. Cork's 96 FM is looking for the best decorated shop window. Show us your Christmas window display. Send a picture to glow at 96FM.ie and be in to win an advertising campaign from Cork's 96 FM and C103 worth 2,000 euros. 2,000 euros. We'll get the public to pick their favourite. Pick their favourite. Dress your window to win with Cork's City Council and Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration on the Grand Parade. With Cork's 96FM. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show, The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now, 0833 96 96 96. On Cork's 96FM. Now, a former TD has told a meeting of the Irish Cream and Milk Suppliers Association, the AGM in fact, that bull calves, dairy bull calves, are being killed with lump hammers. That's according to former Cork East Finnefall TD, Ned O'Keefe. It's, it sounds like a very brutal practice, Ned. What what evidence do you have that it's going on? Good morning. Well, first of all, let me give you the back, background. This yes. is a Jersey breed of cow. I mean, it was imported from New Zealand, and of course, farmer cows are all and we go out to New Zealand, pick up those ideas, and bring back those ideas here. Now, New Zealand is a country with low welfare standards and low environmental standards, and they don't match either standards. And we have Jersey bull calves, male calves, have no value, and they are being destructive. And uh, there's plenty of evidence available that we spring around the place. 
So, I mean, they have been going to buy things for the last night. This was, I, I regret how this happened to get the, head, the headlines of the, it was the day the T-shirt was in Limerick, guys, in the same meeting. And all the World Ireland's media was there, maybe the World media as well. And they picked up on it. But I had been saying this for the last six or eight months or nine months. I'm well known for saying it. And I'm aware of the destruction that was going on. Now, the vets, vets have a role to play here as well. Because they visit farms and farm, each farm has its own bit. And the vets should know what's going on. So, I mean, we have to change the practice here uh, if we have to survive. And I'm astounded at a comment that was made in Killarney by a very well-known agriculturalist, Dr. French, who made the point at the meeting that this was talked in pubs. And I, I read the extract from him. And he said, uh, the first thing I'd say about calf, uh, if I'm to make a headline on the news tomorrow, when you're this year's calves. Now, this year's calves were in no greater number that's 2000 than last year's calves because the cold crab didn't increase that much. We are we are talking and spreading these rumours all around the country. Mm. Being talked about at board level across most of our pubs, and yeah. he said about pubs. Now, oh, Jesus, let me know. What a statement to make! But here, what, board, what, what you're effectively I, I, saying, I Ned, Ned, is that and just for, bear, in, bear in mind, a lot of my audience is, is is in the city. So you're saying that this particular dairy breed, this dairy breed. Obviously, the, the, the female calves uh, go into dairy and they're used in dairy and all of that. Yeah. But uh, if, if you happen to have a bull calf, that that bull calf is of no use and you're suggesting... No, va- no value. No, no value at all. Is there no... No, no, no value. Va- no, don't, don't believe there's a value. It has no value in the spot. So, so uh, they are... Uh, in, in these regions, they're destructed. I don't think how to stock them. And they're trying to skip and take them away twice a day from big farms there. Yeah, well, well can, you, you told the same mission that they're killed with, 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 with plastic yes, bags yes, and yes, with lump hammers. That, that, that sounds vicious. That, yes, that is the practice I've been told about. Good but God. there's other issues, other areas as well. But the point I want to make here is saying that boards of crops, boards of crops are very influential people. And our crop system in Ireland is the dairy industry and our beef system is privately owned. And these people that are at their wit's end to take the markets, because we know today that they're known and Nestle's who buy all the milk for, for, uh, for um, uh, baby, pork, baby, food, pork, baby foods. We know the beef industry sells in the UK, and we get a lot of talk about the beef industry, not a lot of one today, but little, etc., etc. Yes. So, I mean, we have to be protective. But to say, say that about dairy crop boards, I served in a dairy crop board for a long time, and so my family have. And I want to say that. Not the farmers thinking they want the crop boards only about the price of milk, but when they go in there, it's a different story. There's a lot more issues in the price of milk. And yeah. you have to save the day and run yeah. the business. So I'm rather astounded at that statement made in Killarney by a man um, who works in the Target Park by Dr. French. And I make that point. So we have, we have to get to work together in this area. I think I think what what upsets and horrifies my 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 listeners very much so is is the simple idea that if if a bull calf is born and it is of no use in the dairy industry that it can just be brutally brutally put to death yes. as, as as you described. Listen, Ned, before I let you go, uh, as as a former TD, one of the debates I'm running on the program this morning is whether TDs should be allowed to have a second job. Have you a thought on that? Well, I was a farmer. Yeah, I know you were. That's why I'm asking. And, uh, and uh, we live in a democracy, so it has to be freedom. Right. Uh, I don't know how you can decide is a second job or no job. I mean, uh, I think the whole thing is up for grabs in Ireland. I think we'd be better off with it. Maybe we want to dictate from this country now. We'd have better legislation and maybe put Michael Higgins in charge. <laughs>
<laughs> Thanks, Ned. Always good to talk to you. Ned O'Keefe, 1857-15996. And Ned, look, his life is in farming. He understands farming. He's forgotten more about farming than I'll ever know, which is why he gets very deep into the technicalities of it. But the, what he said was, what he said was that dairy farmers who have a bull calf born, he has heard of that particular, that poor bull calf being killed basically with a puck of a lump hammer or smothered with a plastic bag, literally within minutes or hours of the poor little bugger being born, which is a terrible, terrible thing. He also mentioned, and that, I, you know, I'd love to know if that, I mean, we probably have a, we have a couple of dairy farmers on speed dial, lads. We might be worth giving them a call to see what they say in response to that. But let's go to that story he mentioned, which broke early this morning. Now, it only presently concerns... It only presently concerns uh, Kildare, um, where they have a massive Aldi distribution centre up there. But there's another Aldi distribution centre here in County Cork in Middleton, and they are in Mitchellstown, rather. And there is a huge Lidl distribution centre up near Charleville. And farmers this morning have blockaded this centre up in Nace, the Aldi, Aldi facility in Nace, blocking anything coming in and out. And this is an escalation of the beef row that blocked all of the beef factories over the last while. The IFA, chairman of the IFA National Livestock Committee is Angus Woods. Angus, I, I thought this was all sorted. I thought talks were starting. I didn't realise that you were now going to blockade um, distribution centres. Why? Good morning. Yeah, why? It, 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 it's quite clear why we're here. Uh, the European and the UK price of beef has moved on really, really significantly. And uh, we as Irish farmers, we're, we, we're not seeing that happening here. And, and uh, if you look at the UK price, it's moved on. It's now 50 cent a kilo ahead of us. And we're seeing the, the European price now at 20 cent ahead of us and, and, and stretching away. The Irish processors are refusing to up the prices that they pay to farmers uh, to match it. And, and in fairness, if, if farmers are expected to take lower prices when the European markets are on the way down, uh, we certainly expect to get higher prices when all the European markets are on the way back up. Mm. And uh, so we're here today to, uh, I suppose, put down a marker. The whole food supply chain um should operate in a manner which returns a fair, decent, and viable price back to the farmer. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the moment, it's not. So we're here. We're here outside uh, Aldi to. to but but make Angus, it. did you did you not recently cut a deal to stop blockading the factories so that people could sit down and talk? The fact the the, the, the factories have uh, admitted that they are well behind in terms of where the price should be relative to the European market, but have refused so far to uh, increase the price. So we're here to uh, to highlight that the supermarkets uh, uh, play an integral part in that supply chain. Uh, they deal hand-in-glove with the meat processors, and uh, we're here to get a fair and decent, viable price for farmers, which the market is, is justifiably... Re- uh, indicating should be paid now. Now that's an enormous centre in in Nace. It's it's colossal. And you've yep. have you blocked all trade in and out or just meat? There's there's no lorries coming in or out of this. 
today. Why block lorries that have nothing to do with the meat trade? Because as, I, as, I, as I've been saying, the supermarkets are they're integral within the whole food supply chain as they are the processors are, are the farmers. And the farmers have been forced to take lower prices when, when markets have been low. Markets have since risen. And, and we as farmers, we expect to get that the lift in the market, which is out there. It's happening right across the world. It's happening right across Europe. It's happening across the UK. It's, it hasn't happened in Ireland. And we're, we're saying quite clearly, it needs to happen here now. Now, we have two major centres here in County Cork, one in Mitchellstown for Aldi and one up just beyond Charleville for Lidl. I'm sure you know them well, two huge centres. Are yes. they likely to be blockaded, Angus? An awful lot will depend on the response from, from the supermarkets and from the uh, the meat processors. Uh, as I was saying, the market, everything in the marketplace, is, and we deal in IFA, we deal in, in facts, and uh, everything is indicating the market has shifted significantly, and we as Irish farmers, we're not, we're not getting that, and we need to make sure that our farmers do get that lift, which they're due. So are you prepared, if necessary, to shut down Mitchellstown and shut down Charleville? Oh, look, we're, we're prepared, as I said, it's entirely down to the processors and the retailers now. Uh, the processors have admitted during the week that the, the marketplace has moved on. So we're, 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 we're prepared to do what is required to get a fair price back, which the market is justifying and the market is saying it's out there. But yeah. the protesters have, are the protesters hasn't returned it back to Irish farmers. So yeah. we're, we're, we're I'm, determined. I'm actually reading from today's, Irish, I'm actually reading from today's Irish farmers journal. Now that, that I have it to hand, um, they're saying that, factories have admitted now that prices are about to rise, that they're coming under increased pressure to lift the prices, uh, and they're saying there will be changes soon. Is that reassurance enough for the farmers? Uh, no, it's not It's it's not reassurance enough for farmers. We need to see that lift now. We've been waiting for it. We've seen the, the gap widening and widening and widening. Uh, during the summer, uh, it was evident that there wasn't any kind of a significant gap in the difference but there is now and, and we need to see that being reflected back in what farmers farmers have invested a lot of money and a lot of effort into into finishing their cattle they need to get a fair return back for their hard work so now that having been said and you've explained your case and explained it well but i'm thinking in terms of families who want to do their christmas food shop over the next couple of weeks and the last thing they want is empty shelves. And the last thing you want is ordinary families looking at empty shelves because it's against you they'll turn, not against the supermarkets. Yeah, and that's and, and that, that's correct. But also you got to remember that the farmers also have families to feed. And, and those families are entitled to get a fair return for their hard work and effort. And the supermarkets and the processors, as they're saying, they work hand in glove. You know, they set the prices. They determine what's happening. It's well within their remit. This this could be solved very, very easily if they returned. And what we're looking for is a fair market return for our product. The mark, the like the the beef price index uh, clearly indicates that the Irish beef processors are paying a price significantly behind 
what everyone else in continental Europe is paying. And the supermarkets work hand in glove with them. So we have families struggling to make ends meet coming into Christmas as well, you know. So we have to protect those families. Uh, they, they have every right to a decent income if they work hard for it. Okay. So it's Nate today and you're not ruling out it could be Mitchelson or Charlevin tomorrow. No, we're, we're certainly not ruling anything, anything out. And as I, as I was saying there, it absolutely comes down to the response we get from the meat processors and from the supermarkets. Okay, very good. Thank you very much. That's Angus Woods, uh, chairman of the IFA National Livestock Committee. They're currently blockading Aldi in Nace. Nothing can get in or out of that massive distribution centre. It's colossal if you've ever driven past it. And there's another one, the big one, you'll know it, out near Mitchellstown. Huge. That could be next. And there's a Lidl one. Again, if you're driving to Limerick, you'll see it. Particularly if you're driving to Limerick in the night time when it's dark. You see these just massive. It's 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 like the lights of Parky Queeve. It's huge. That's not exempt either if they decide to to, to upgrade this. Um, now, Jerry is a beef and dairy farmer. Jerry, good morning. Good morning, PJ. You can understand why they did oh, this. Oh, I can. I mean, it, it's totally wrong. It's it's illogical and therefore immoral what's happening to the beef farmers. I mean, I, 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 and then the, what was the back? What happens then because of it is is desperate. It's a case like you're getting you're, you take about two years. I'm only at an old thirteen years like. But you're actually rearing your calf up to about two year old when you sell them. Now it takes a lot of work and a good bit of money to bring rear a good bullock or a, or a good heifer to, 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 to 250, 300 kgs. And it takes a good little bit of money and, and a lot of hard work. And at the end of the day, it's below cost trading. When you go then to the meat processors or the factory, you're getting far less than the amount of money you've put in to the bullock. Mm, mm. In other words, the processor. The man who's supplying the, 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 the product is getting a lot less than the middleman in the processor. He 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 then gives it maybe it maybe costs you four hundred or whatever yeah. money it costs, and then you're getting three hundred then at the factory. You're losing a hundred quid. So that's not the, but the farmer who raises the beast is getting the less out of the beast at the end of the day. It is. I mean, he's putting maybe whatever he's putting five hundred into. He's getting four hundred. In other words, the only thing to do is to kill the calf when he's born because he can't. After all the work, all the money he's put into it, he's losing a lot of money, and the processors then are cleaning up. Mm. That's terribly wrong. It's immor- It's below cost trading. It's illogical. It's it's immoral. And the farmers are going out of business. And mm. after all the hard work, and then they make deals then abroad with Argentina and. and so and you Brazil. you support the say, closing down of the Aldi oh, Centre? Right, because they have to do it because they're going to lose their livelihood otherwise because they're being. They're being fleeced. The Irish farmers are being fleeced by the Irish processors. All right. And the retail, it's as simple as that. They should not be buying their, their, their beef at below cost. Right. It's terribly, it's terribly wrong. And then they're, they're left with the option when their calves are born. The only thing to do is to get rid of them or to kill them because they, they're not going to make a living out of them. All right. Jerry, leave it there. Good points. Well made. Thank you very much. 1850 When you hear that the farmers are blockading Aldi and possibly Little and could they, they could do super value, you never know. This is why. This is why. 1850 Fair play to the farmers. Let the government know they're being screwed. It's what they do in France. Oh, listen, don't mention France. France is practically closed today. There's a row there over pensions, and I don't understand the ins and outs of the pensions, but it mostly uh, affects train drivers. 
but France is literally on lockdown today. There's schools and all closed. There's a massive public sector strike in France today over pensions and threatening to get worse this side of Christmas because the, 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 the French just won't take it. They shut the place down. 1850-71596. Peter Hines, dairy farmer, uh, who we've spoken to many times on the show. Peter is surprised at Ned O'Keefe's accusations. He really should know the correct route to deal with alleged animal welfare issues. Well, I'm sure he does, Peter. Uh, there's a quote. I must find the article and I'll read it after the break. There's a, he was asked about that and I'll get his response from the article. 1857-15996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Solid Fuel Depot at Drew's Filling Station, Turner's Cross. Great deals on all solid fuels with seven-day delivery. SolidFuelDepot.ie Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on the side. Hi, it's Michael here with your update on Cork's live scene. Orbital comes to Cork next summer with very special guests, including Kerry Chandler and Fish Go Deep, for a show live at the Marquee Cork on Saturday, June 20th. Orbital will be celebrating their 30th anniversary with the Orbital 3.0 Tour, with tickets on sale this Thursday. View music acts dominated internationally for four decades, as did the Bee Gees. Brothers Barry, Robin and Morris Gibb brought their extraordinary three-part harmonies all over the world, and their legendary hits will be brought to life with the Bee Gees Story Nights on Broadway, taking place at Ballymaloo Grain Store tonight. Access all areas. If you have a gig show or exhibition coming up in Cork in the next few weeks, drop us a line here at Access All Areas. You can mail us on AAA at 96FM.ie and we'll tell Cork all about it. Access All Areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. Jerry was on to say, this is regard to Ned O'Keefe and what he was saying about bull calves, bull dairy calves being killed because they're of no use. Jerry says, hi PJ, every butcher in Ireland one time had a slaughterhouse. This method of killing cattle, i.e. the lump hammer, was used as there was nothing else at the time. You should have asked Ned, how were his pigs killed for years before humane guns in slaughterhouses? It was done with a hammer. Yes, things have changed now, thanks be to God. Catherine says the farmers wonder why the sale of beef and milk is decreasing. Not too sure what you mean by that, Catherine. I presume it means you don't support them blockading Aldi or Lidl or anywhere else. And then Morris says, why are you talking about Jersey calves in New Zealand? Well, that's what Ned said. That's where they come from, according to Ned. I read John Arnold in The Echo a few years ago about Jersey bulls. His article said, most farmers that keep jerseys will raise the bull to two years, slaughter and consume the beast themselves. I'm not a farmer. I think it's just absurd to suggest that farmers would kill a calf and dump it when it can be eaten. Well, Morris, that's what um, Ned O'Keefe was saying. He said there's no value in it. Maybe they would raise it to two years and then slaughter it and eat it themselves. Maybe they would. I don't know. But that's what that's what uh, Ned O'Keefe was saying. Uh, Peter Hines, in response to Peter's tweet, Peter said, surprised at Ned O'Keefe's accusations, he really should know the correct route to deal with alleged animal welfare issues. In the article in the Irish Independent, uh, there's a quote from Ned O'Keefe in which he says, I heard a farmer trying to kill, I heard of a farmer trying to kill male bobby calves, again it's a farmer's term, with plastic bags. Smothering the poor devil minutes after birth is what he was saying. I didn't report them, it's not my job. We all know this is happening. Why should we cover it up? Now is the time to stop it. But he didn't report it because he said it wasn't his job. 18, 1850 Now, Buzz Aaron have issued a statement 
let's just rewind the clock a little bit. Yesterday, I spoke to Dermot O'Leary, General Secretary of the National Bus and Rail Union, because he told us last week that bus drivers in Cork were balloting uh, with regards to industrial action in the wake of a number of incidents, the most serious of which was the one on Halloween night on the 220. No need to go into it again. You all know what I'm talking about, or most of you do anyway. Yesterday, in the wake of uh, Dermot O'Leary telling us on this programme that there'd been a 93% vote in favour of industrial action uh, by the National Bus and Rail Union in Cork, we sent a number of questions in to Bus Aaron most notably what they were going to do to avoid losing bus services in Cork over Christmas, even though Dermot O'Leary from the NBRU said that's the last thing they want to do and there are other ways to take industrial action without taking buses off the road. But he didn't rule it out either. Uh, We've had a statement from Boss Aaron. My apologies for the delay in coming back to you. Please find the statement below. Boss Aaron can confirm we've received correspondence from the National Bus and Rail Union concerning the the outcome of a ballot for industrial action in our Cork depot. We're very disappointed by this approach, especially at a time when our customers are making plans for travel over a busy Christmas period. We will actively engage with our trade union representatives on this matter. We have no further comment at this time. So effectively, Boss Aaron have said, yeah, we know about the ballot. We're dealing with it. We're willing to talk. Which I think is kind of what Dermot O'Leary wanted. 1850-715-996. Story in the last few days on the newspapers about two products, two medicinal cannabis products that have been licensed in this country for a number of different ailments. I think uh, multiple sclerosis being one of them, um, post chemotherapy, uh, nausea being another. Very limited anyway. Two CBD products licensed in this country. It's a step in the right direction, would say the campaigners, but nothing like enough. Martin Condon actually ran in the Cork North Central by-election as an independent candidate and this was part of his part of his electoral his electoral campaign. Martin, good morning. Good morning, Fija. Uh, you read about the two products, as I did, uh, that have now been licensed. I noticed that they are heavy-duty CBD with very little THC in them. It's yeah, a it, small move. That they, it's a good move because um, it, it's it's more than what you would get now in some of the health stores. What's different about these CBD products is they actually have uh, some, some THC contained in them. So THC is the component of the cannabis that's known for the high effect. But it's, it's also the one responsible for a lot of the medicinal properties of mm. the cannabis plant. The CBD on its own does provide some medicinal benefit. I know, I've taken it. C- CBD is great, and why it's great in combination with THC is that CBD also interacts with the same receptors that THC interacts with. So thereby, CBD actually mitigates the kind of psychoactive effects of THC. So for people who really need to use THC for pain management... They need to couple that with uh, CBD so in order to kind of mitigate some of the psychoactive effects so they don't get too high a dose of THC could cause maybe a person to suffer with maybe anxiety attacks and things like that. You know, it's not in detrimental, but it just can make them uncomfortable. But when you couple it with CBD, it can really dull down that. But, but what we have here anyway at the moment is a 3% THC yeah. with 60% CBD. 
Um, that that's the stronger of the THC ones. But, yeah. but my, my my big issue here, PJ, is like, why are we discriminating against uh, our GPs? There's 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 an ongoing act of discrimination. Like the GPs are the the patient's first point of contact to the healthcare. You know, when when you're feeling sick, that that's where you go. Your GP. The GPs know the patients. They have much more interaction with their patients. Yeah. And the GPs have been excluded from providing these products. G- the for their GP patients. can't prescribe this. Yeah. yeah. The, the GP can't prescribe this. The other what, thing what, too, I'm reading this as, there, as like? someone who has taken the mild form mm-hmm. for for an old neck injury, which gives me jip. And yeah. I would love to be able to get my hands on sixty percent CBD because the pain the, the 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 pain went away almost entirely for several months when I was taking it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the C, getting access to CBD is very easy. You can go into stores now in the city and you could buy pure CBD in crystal form, so one hundred percent CBD. And that's and fully you, legal, is it? That's completely legal. CBD is not a controlled product. It's THC, which is mm. the illegal product. So you can isolate CBD. And that's a completely legal, isolated product. Yeah. So you and and that, that is available currently But it's because on, of the small percentage of THC in this that the licensing... So you you want doctors to be able to prescribe this? I, I would love to see GPs being able to, to work with this medicine. Not, not only work with it, but, but to be educated about it because there's an, there's an ongoing stigma in the medical yeah. field because of the demonization yeah, what, of what, cannabis what, plant because what, what, what some of GPs the madness say, of the old age. Yeah, what some G- GPs will say, and I guess, you know, they, they'll justify it this way. They'll say that... The science isn't there yet, um, and and why the science isn't there yet, PJ, is because of this ongoing uh, active demonization of the plant. Gotcha. I I I done four years of uh, herbal science myself in CIT, and I pretty much specialise myself in trying to understand cannabis medicines. But when, when it came to doing any work with it, uh, I I would have needed some. I would have to jump through serious hoops in order to get access to, get your hands to a little bit of this material, just to work in it with cells in a culture and in a dish in a lab, in a controlled environment. Really? You know, I wasn't just asking them, can I have a party with this and smoke it? I wanted to study it, and I was refused access to it. And this is why we don't have enough data. I'm not the only one after being denied access to this from a research site. Very quickly before I let you go, you ran, as it was said, in Cork North Central. Do you think that the turnout, which was abysmally low, was was affected by the Dara Murphy thing? Um, no, I, I think the, the turnout was more b- b- because, one, it was, it was a by-election, and I think, again, that the 68% of people in North Cork, North Central, who didn't show up, I think uh, that they're disenfranchised with the current uh, system, and, and it says a lot. I, I hope to talk to them over the next few months. Will you run again? I will, I will be running again in the next election. And, and uh, the 68% of people who didn't vote, if you're listening now, Get in touch with me. I hope to talk with you. All right. Um, okay. I, I want to make some change. We'll leave it there. Martin Condon, independent candidate in Cork North Central by election. The Opinion Live with PJ Coogan on Courts 96 FM. I kind of forgot our text poll there during the last hour, but to be fair, I don't think there's any support at all, or at least very little support for TDs being able to have a second job while they're serving in Leinster House. We'll throw the figures together and give them to you sometime between this and midday, but I don't think there's any support for it at all, or very little anyway. 1850-715-996, text 083-396-9696, the email opinion at 96fm.ie. Gary in New Zealand, evening gar. He says thanks for the unedited version of Fairy Tale of New York gets censored down here as well. Uh, Jerry says Fairy Tale of New York always brings me a smile at Christmas. 
Feck, the PC Brigade. It's a classic. It is a classic, and some people choose to edit it, and some people choose to change the words. But uh, first of all, I'll never play an edited version. I'd rather not play it than play an edited version. And also, and also, Shane McGowan, in the statement he issued last year, in the height of it all, pretty much said, look, if you want to edit it, edit it. But he kind of said, well, you don't really understand the song if you need to edit it. Good man, Shane. 1850-715-996. Listen, I mentioned this earlier on. I just want to give it another mention again. Uh, over the next couple of weeks, we will be, and it's always great to be, and we welcome them all, inundated with people looking for an event or a sale or something to be plugged in the run-up to Christmas. It could be something as simple as a, as a charity, I don't know, a, cha- a charity long puck, or it could be a raffle, or it could be a... A, a panto in a community hall or something like that uh, and and they, we're inundated with them every year and always great to get them but it, it kind of makes things very difficult for the lads outside because the executive research desk gets snowed under with requests so what I'm going to do this year is I'm going to make it a bit easier you can email me directly at pj at 96fm.ie that's my own personal um, work email address here pj at 96fm.ie and just put Christmas event into the subject box when you're sending me in your email so that I'll know and I'll be able to put them all into a little folder in my email and I'll read out as many of of them as I possibly can over the next couple of weeks between now and Christmas Eve and in fact we are on air this year on uh, Christmas Eve so I'll get as many as as I can of them uh, up and running so give me a couple of days notice get your email into me with a couple of days notice before the event and I'll do a few of them every day All right, pj at 96fm dot ie 1850-715-996 let's go back to CBD and it was on the papers in the last couple of days two products have been licensed and licensed for a number, a uh, very limited number, in fact, of ailments, and only a consultant can prescribe them for you. Now, Alan, Alan, is are you still bodybuilding, Alan, or, or, or have you packed it in, mate? Good morning. Hi, good morning. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm still doing. I've, I've had a season off just due to due to injury, believe it or not. Yeah. But, uh, that's that's the uh, that goes that goes with the territory of the yeah. uh, of the actual uh, sports. So. And and bodybuilding is hard on the joints. Yeah, it's massively hard on the joints. Yeah, I mean, um, recovery is what it's all about. It's half the battle is is, is keeping healthy and, and keeping keeping fit, sort of thing. So. Uh, and do you have arthritis or what now? Have you? No, I don't have arthritis. I mean, I have I have wear and tear, but yeah. I mean, nothing nothing um, you know nothing that's sort of too serious that's stopping me doing anything. No. Right. So you have you take CBD? Do you? I take CBD all every day. Yeah. Um, I started taking it probably about eighteen months to yeah probably about two years ago now. I met I met some guys at an expo up in Dublin. Um, they introduced me to CBD oil, and uh, I've I've been on it ever since. My my sleep patterns were dreadful for for years. I was a, I was a full time firefighter for over thirty years, so yeah. my sleep patterns were dreadful. So that's when I started taking it, and it improved that massive my sleep massively. But also um, it, it, it obviously aids the. Um, Inflammation in joints and uh, injuries that I, I was picking up as well. So, it's and were you taking the one like that you get in the health food shop, or were you getting something more like Charlotte's Web or some one of those stronger ones? No, it's it's it's, a, it's the one I take is is um it's pure T, uh, guaranteed THC free. So right. it's um, basically it's it's a it's a CBD extract that's um it's blended with an MCT oil, which is um medium chain triglycerides, which helps the absorption absorption into the system a lot okay. quicker 
So it's a very pure one. It's, it's, um, you pop it under your tongue, do you? Yeah, just drop, yeah. A drop a, one, one more drop under your tongue, um, up to three or four times a day if, if you need it. I just tend to take it at night time now, a mm. couple of drops at night time, gets me through the night and, and keeps it in my system. Yeah. yeah, you have to keep a level up, don't you? I remember I took it. You do, I, yeah. I took it for this old neck injury that I have, and like that now in the story, the guy who gave me the bottle, he said, look, it can take two weeks before you really start to notice. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And he was right yeah. almost to the day. It, the, the, yeah. the difference is phenomenal. Whatever well, I, it does. I, I think so. I mean, I, say I run, I run a, a supplement, sports supplement shop as well, so I, I'm selling quite a lot of it to a cross-section of people now as well. Mm. So, from you know, from ailments, from serious arthritis to, to carers looking after... Or relatives with with dementia, Alzheimer's. It's 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 covering a massive range of sort of um, injuries and ailments. You know, so mm. it's not it's not a cure. We're not saying it's a cure, no. but it's, it's there's definitely something in it that that actually you know helps these processes. Yeah. Um, Martin was making the point there b- before the news that while people will welcome this licensing uh, and yep. you know small levels of it, though, is it that this stuff should be available? on prescription from your doctor, not necessarily from a consultant? Yeah, I, I think, again, again, there's, there's, there is a grey area at the moment with, with, the, um, with anything to do with you know, uh, CBD oil because of where it comes from. But um, there's, there's lots of products out there now are massively improved. Um, the THC level is, is, is very low anyway. Mm. Um, the one I, the one I, one I take and the one I sell in my shop is, is guaranteed uh, THC-free. So mm. it, it, you can, you know, it's... it's even the, um, the the water, which is the World Anti-Doping Agency, they they you know they, they actually sort of can clear it. It's, it's actually oh, really? by them as well. Yeah, so it's, it's water it's, clear. Yeah, it's water cleared. So it's it, so um, you know because a lot of athletes will use it and do yeah. use it. So it's it's really good for you know. It's, that it's, that, it's that really was good that was yeah that because that's that was one something I read just on holidays. I was reading a few articles about this during the summer, and and the pe- people would take it for say, a, a sports-related ailment, but they were worried yeah. about being picked up in a dope test. Yeah, well, this one, this one's sort of, uh, you know, certificated and, and guaranteed. So, uh, oh. you know, there's a, lot, there's a lot of very good ones out there. There's, there's some pretty poor ones out there, I, yeah. I believe, at the it moment. It depends well. on the so concentration, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Mm. So. Well, like, what kind of concentration would one require to, t- to have a real effect? Again, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to really relate to what you're taking it for, the seriousness of your, of your injury or, or your illness or your ailment. Mm. Um, it, it's, it's, it's something that you can dose yourself. It's, it's something you can adjust to suit yourself. So some people will need, will need a little bit more. Some people need very, very minimal to make, it, make an impact. So it, it's, it's really up to the individual to, to sort of dose it themselves. Okay. All right. Listen, good, good to hear from you. That's Alan Chanter, uh, an Irish National Masters bodybuilding champion. He still is doing it. He took a year off, though, because of injury, taking, taking stuff for his joints. It's hard on your joints. His bodybuilding is taking, taking CBD. And a lot of people jump up and down when you talk about legalizing this and decriminalizing that. But it surely must be time now. To, to to take a proper step with regard to this CBD because if I hear one more person saying it helped me, it made me feel better, you know that the scientific community and the doctors and all that are going to have to, and the ministers are going to have to stand up and take notice and say, yeah, you know what, maybe we should let people have this stuff. What some doctors won't say says this text is that they're pocketing from pharma companies to promote their pills, potions, and lotions. The only problem with that caller, the only problem with that is this. If you were to legalise the products and legitimise the products in this country, what would actually happen then 
is the pharmaceutical sector, would get in on the act and they would actually start selling it for themselves. So they, in actual fact, the pharmaceutical companies could make a blasted fortune out of this if, if they got in on the act. So it's, it's this whole thing about big pharma not being interested in, in cannabis medicine. It doesn't make sense. They could make a fortune out of it. 1850-715-996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the solid fuel depot at Drew's Filling Station, Turner's Cross. Smokers coal, turf, gas and kiln-dried wood. Open late, seven days. Solidfueldepot.ie. 2,000 euros, all rests on one answer. So how are you feeling thus far now? My heart is literally up against the ceiling. What social media site was started by Jack Dorsey? Twitter. You're right! Yeah! You are the latest. I'm gonna puke. <laughs> <laughs> Another winner. There you go. 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 The two grand a minute. Listen to play. At 7:40 and 8:40 every day. Casey and Ross in the morning on Cork's 96 FM. <laughs> this is Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show, The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 1850-715-996 on Cork's 96 FM. I said I'd mention this. I go to Rachel's call in just a sec. I said I'd mention this. Um, there was a few posters still up from the by-election. Now, to the best of my knowledge, tomorrow is the deadline, i.e. midnight tonight. They've got to be down. Um, the lads on the proc have been keeping their eagle eyes open and have alerted me, even though I did see... I'm trying to remember where, but I did see Padraig Sullivan grinning down at me from a lamppost um, in the last couple of days. There are posters in Low Road and in Tivoli. That's where I saw him, actually. Low Road in Tivoli. It says Jimmy on the proc. And also uh, all along Washington Street and Western Road, there are loads of North Central by-election posters. Get them down, lads. Get them down. Tomorrow is the deadline. There are fines. Although I wonder, has ever, anyone ever actually been fined for leaving posters up? Somehow I doubt it. 1850-715-996. Back to cannabis. And we now have two products licensed. Only a consultant can prescribe them, and they can only be prescribed for certain things. But look, it's, it's, it's progress. Rachel is someone else who takes uh, CBD on a fairly regular basis, and... Rachel, I think you welcome this move, but we need to move some more. Good morning to you. Good morning, love. Yeah, I started taking it um, when it when it was brought into here's health, <laughs> and I thought, you know what? Of all the things I could take, this is probably something that's actually good for me because I don't have a huge amount of faith in the pharmaceutical industry in the, in the entire world, um, and I don't trust a lot of um, tablets that were given. So I thought, well, this is natural. It's Celtic wind that I take. Oh, yes. Yeah. I take it and myself. It's very good it's stuff. Tot- and it's Irish. It's totally organic, you mm. know. So, um, And just reading up about it, I just thought it doesn't have any of the THC in it, um, which is a pity, really, because the THC is, is what really makes a difference to a lot of people mm. who suffer with... Um, with epilepsy or, or people even who are suffering with cancer or going through cancer treatment, etc. So, but for me at the moment, um, touch wood, I'm fine. So I take it more as a preventative. Right. Yeah. So and I, it makes me feel 
you know, I, I suffer with my knees. I fell when I was pregnant twice. Mm. Um, and um, I suffer badly with my knees, so it does help with that. Um, and it just makes me feel, I just feel better on it. Yeah. I feel like I'm putting something good into my body. Yeah, yeah. And it does, it's a natural product and it causes the totally. body to react to that natural product and to produce its own natural pain-relieving uh, chemicals. So, we'll, totally. Yeah, yeah, and I'm all for it. Like, I, it's, it, if people think CBD and they go marijuana. Yeah. <laughs> They're thinking drugs. Um, but of course, alcohol is much worse than marijuana. But um, but getting off onto that, getting into different subjects there. But the but the CBD, I think, if you're going to do something for your body, instead of putting all these chemicals into it and all these pharma products, put something healthy. Um, and it's all Irish. <laughs> I feel I'm being patriotic. Absolutely. All right. And as I said, it's 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 out there. You can take this. You can take as much CBD as you want. Yeah. But it's it's the actual ones with a little bit of THC in it. There's only two of them licensed now. Would you Would you be all for your GP being able to write you a prescription? Oh, I would much rather he wrote me a prescription for that than he wrote me a prescription for for some drugs that are going to harm me in the long run. I would much rather. I think it makes much more sense. But unfortunately. Doctors aren't up to speed because they're thinking homeopathic. Homeopath- a lot of them are probably thinking homeopathic, it doesn't work, because they're in the drugs um, industry. And a lot of them also get paid to push certain drugs. So I, I think that they don't know enough. I think they're not curious enough. And I think the first port of call for anybody who's suffering should be the natural way. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't work, then you move on to something um, that's not natural. Okay. All right, great, Rachel. Thank you very much. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. And Morris, thank you. I am indebted to you for reminding me of this. Please be careful that you check with your doctor before using CBD that it won't counteract other medication you may be on. I took it for a pain in my shoulder and it worked really well. One night, though, I got up to the bathroom and collapsed. Turned out the oil had counteracted with my other medication. Not against it. I just want people to be careful. And you know what? You know what? That's not wrong either. I was in a doctor's surgery the other day uh, with the boy Wonder. And he takes medication for his epilepsy. His mild epilepsy. And when you go to the doctor with someone like that, you just remind them. And she wanted to give him um, something for a chest infection. And she opened this incredible website. I've never seen the like of it. It's obviously a membership website. And she put in his daily dose of his epilepsy medicine. And she got this list of what she could and couldn't give him. It was brilliant. It was really good. 1850-715-996. Just on election posters, um, Martin, uh, Martin Condon, who I was talking to, says, I just want to let you know, PJ, I ran a poster-free campaign. I don't believe in posters. Uh, they pollute the planet. I will be using hemp stroke cannabis flyers in my next campaign. Frank says on Blanny Street most posters are now gone. Why don't they take the tyra? Oh, they're still leaving the cable ties. Ah, yeah, they're still leaving the cable ties. They always leave the cable ties. Now, Councillor Thomas Gould, there's a button stuck out there. Thank you. Um, the Councillor Thomas Gould has uh, called this morning for another by-election in Cork North Central. Thomas, have you no mercy on us at all? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. You want a by-election now to replace Darren Murphy? Well, I suppose, PJ, um, people have been contacting me in the last 24 hours. And to be honest, I'm very annoyed myself because I think what Dara and Fianna Gael done was despicable. 
they knew that Dara wasn't going forward in the Doyle, and when they ran the by-election, it should have been for two seats and not one. Well, you see, at the point he was, at that time, he was still TD, even if he was over and back to Brussels all the time, he was still holding a seat as a TD, so you can't have a by-election when there isn't an empty seat. But the thing about it, he waits until the first meeting after the by-election is over to announce his retirement. Like, he, I was he, he announced his resignation two days before polling? Oh yes, but and he he went in and actually officially resigned uh, on Tuesday night. So like to me, I believe that Fine Gael knew this, and they got Darrett to hold off until the by-election was virtually over. So because I believe they knew that uh, there was a strong possibility that I was going to finish first or second and Fine the file, and that uh, they to prevent me and Sinn Féin from winning the seat. It's it's really it's cynicalism. Like at the end of the day, Darren Murphy and Fianna Gael have a responsibility to the constituents of Cock North Central that they are properly represented, and they knew that Darren wasn't doing that, and they knew Darren was going to resign. And here we are now at the moment. The people of the North Side again are being disenfranchised and being neglected and forgotten about by Fianna Gael. It's just. I've been saying this for 10 years, mm. and it's, it's, the proof is in the pudding now, PJ. Like, why, do, why, why shouldn't the people of the North Side have four TDs representing them yeah. when that's what they're supposed for to the have? Next, for the next, however, until the next election, which will probably, if, if Michal Martin gets his way, it'll be around the middle of April. If Leo Varadkar gets to hold on, it'll be around the middle of May. So North Cork North Central now only has three TDs until then, is what you're saying. And that's a fact, and it's, it's not fair, it's not right. Like, at the end of the day, Fianna Gael knew this, they knew what was happening with Darren Murphy, they knew he was working in Europe, they should have been upfront and honest with the people of Cock North Central. And I think the people of Cock North Central should be very angry with the government to mm. betray them this way. But yet, when you think about it, no matter how angry they are with the government, Thomas, uh, and look, I know that in the end of the day, when all the cards came down, you were second uh, to Padraig O'Sullivan, and, and congratulations on that, on, that, on that turnout. But still and all, disgusted and all as people might be, Fine Gael and Fine Fáil got the two biggest votes in that by-election. What does yeah, that say well, to you? Well, what it says, PJ, and actually I have the tally figures and I was looking at them last night. Um, what it means is the, the kind of older areas and the more rural areas come out big time for Fine Fáil and Fine Gael. Do, yeah. And that's, that's a challenge for for Sinn Féin and for other parties trying to break in, into that. But what it is is real traditional... Mm. Uh, going back to the foundation of the state, people still either vote mm. Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael. But, no, but I would think, honest, Thomas, and I don't care what party people stand for or no party, I think we really do need all politicians and everybody involved in the business of politics and the machination of politics need to sit down with the electorate ahead of the next general election because it won't be worth a course if we only have a small turnout. People need to be engaged and enthused and they need to want to go and vote. And it's, it's the job of the political class to make them want to vote. Did you see the queues in Hong Kong, for example? Yeah, but I know, PJ, I love your naivety. You better have a good you better have a good point now to back that up. The, the point is, Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael don't want people to come out to vote. 
Because they know their core vote will always come out. But there's more and than that out there. There's more. There, Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael can do what they want, but there's ye, there's everybody else. Why I tell you, PJ, you, people are saying to me, they're saying, Thomas, it doesn't make any difference. Thomas, nothing will change. The government are going to do what the government are going to do. Like Nothing will change if stay at home, no? Yes, and we're, we're trying to explain that to people. And to be honest, PJ, like 29% of the turnout... It's graceful. Uh, but it shows uh, the amount of people who are engaged. But did you know the other thing, PJ, what I wanted to say is, if a, pers- if a young person turns 18 to the part of social welfare cuts them off their uh, children's allowance, yeah. right? But they should automatically then go on the voting register. So the government knows when you're 18 to cut you off a payment, yeah. but they won't put you on the register. And why is that? But, but why shouldn't you put yourself on it? Wait, but please, uh, they know the system is set up that when you're 18, you're cut off. So automatically, you should go straight onto the live register. Because the, the, one of the reasons is younger people don't vote vote less for the bigger mm. field. Would, would you, would you let young people, we were discussing this during the week, would you let young people vote at 16? Oh, well, that's the initial fear and policy, and we raised that in the dial. You see, younger people, you see with the protests now in relation to climate action and uh, the environment, young people... You see, the older parties, the establishment, they don't want these uh, young people with uh, up-to-date ideas, with bigger imaginations, people who are looking for change. Mm. You see, it does impair the establishment. Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael have change. They've been mm. always in power. So I've been say, I've been, but Thomas, I've been saying it for 20 years. As I watched turnouts go down, turnouts favour the establishment. If you want, if you want to rattle the cans of the establishment, you have to go down to the polling booths. In fact, if you look back at the two referendums, the the, the same sex marriage referendum and the oh, repeal yes. referendum, both of those were driven, particularly the marriage equality referendum. Well, there was a huge people. turnout, but there was a huge turnout anyway. Well, and the reason why, and you said it, younger people came out in your drawers, people registered. You see, well, like, I, I actually went door-to-door to the vast majority of the constituents. No, I didn't get to a lot of the single houses. It's just, it's too big. But we did all the villages, we did all the, the, the big areas around the city and the county. And you're trying to engage with people and say how important your vote is. Like, I know, I know people are saying, well, like, a lot of men and women fought, died, went to prison, lost their homes for the right for Irish people to have to vote. And that's why, right. that's why I think it's vital that people use their vote. But the thing about it then is, like, if you're a person there now in the north side and you see what happened with Dallam Murphy and Fianna Gael, you're saying, so, listen, how can you change anything when the T-shirt Vote for somebody else. Yesterday? Vote yes. for somebody else. Also, you'll, cha- you. you'll change Vote nothing by doing nothing. <laughs> We're on the same hymn sheet, Thomas. You'll change nothing by doing nothing. So what, what, what I've been trying to do, what I'm going to continue to do, is trying to get more people registered and more people out to vote. And what, what I say to people, even if they don't vote for me, to vote for someone, because the more people that vote, the more it will change things. All right. Sound out. Good man. And you, you, you want another by-election in the North Central? Well, listen, what I'm saying, if they're not going to call a general election soon, the people of the North Side should be represented properly and they shouldn't be left short 
Like we had to do a Billy Keller now since since June, and he was replaced on Monday. And now we have no Darren Murphy, and now we're going to be. We haven't had Darren Murphy for Darren Murphy for two years, like. <laughs> and are we going to be another six months without him then as well? All right. Like what I'm saying too is that fear on the people of Cork North Central. There's your question. Thanks very much, Councillor Thomas Gould of Sinn Fein. Tara Thomas says uh, is right. Says Tara, people have given up. People who cared for years have simply given up on this excuse for a government that we have and people have lost complete faith and interest. Thing about it is, Tara, I've been saying, I've been banging my head off the wall of this studio for so long. You change nothing by staying at home. So if you don't like Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael or Labour or anybody else or Sinn Féin or anybody, go and vote for somebody else. If you sit at home moaning into your tea about how terrible it is, but you don't go and vote for anybody. It's your own fault. There's an old sack. I don't remember who said this originally, but it was one of the wisest sayings I ever read about politics. Elections are won by those who turn up. So if you don't turn up, you can't possibly win. John says it never fails to amaze me why young people vote for the sexy stuff. Same-sex marriage, abortion, etc. Why not for their little brother on a trolley who gets their appointment cancelled? Isn't he worthy of a vote? I think this would be much worse if they lowered the vote. That's you know what? That's actually a good point, John. I have to say, that's a very good point John O'Donovan raises. People came out, young people came out in their droves for the marriage referendum and they came out in their droves for the repeal referendum. But they might have a little brother on a trolley or on a waiting list or, or they might have an elderly granny who, who can't get a nursing home treatment or whatever. But they won't come out and vote to change that. That's a very good point, John. 1850 the Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the solid fuel depot at Drew's Filling Station, Turner's Cross. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kiln dried wood and gas. Solidfueldepot.ie This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Ian says, my dad always said to me, if you don't vote, remember, that's how Hitler took power. And I've never forgotten that. Thank you. Uh, Thomas Gould can't speak, says this particular message. His own party are doing the exact same electoral game in the North. Don't throw stones in glass houses. But I agree, everybody needs to vote. Well, Frank calls for compulsory voting now. They have that in Australia, Frank. And while I agree that everyone should vote and all that, if you make compuls- if you make voting compulsory, you can also get some feral queer hawks elected. So you can. 1850-715-996. Can I just, in the space of the 20 seconds it'll take me, wish the very best of luck with her book to uh, my good friend and former co-presenter of this programme on an occasional basis with me, B.B. Uh, Basket. Uh, when BB came back to Ireland, she presented or co-presented the opinion line with me for a few weeks one summer, and we've become good friends uh, ever since. And BB has just published her first book. It's called her Wellness Wisdom Book. Little small little book, lovely pictures and quotes. Um, 
like for example there's one that just opened randomly here now it says take time to do nothing today you need that space to recharge all your batteries your mind your body and your spirit and your little book available now from number one books publications uh, good luck with that B. 1850 715 oh and by the way um, yes dear Red, I do have a podcast Dermot has been texting. Yes, Dermot, I do have a podcast. And in fact, BB is the guest on this week's episode of the podcast, which I put up on a Saturday. Usually the new episode is published on a Saturday. It's called 20 Minutes Wit, and there's a new one every weekend. Thank you, Dermot, for asking. 1850-715-996. Will we do this? Will we do it now? All right, we'll do it now. There you go. You know what to do. 1850-715-996. We've been saying all week, I've forgotten just how good she was. Did you forget Stuart McKay? No, it's fantastic, isn't it? It's she's great fantastic. that she's back in touring because when she didn't, when she stopped touring, we said, "Oh God, no!" Uh, but she's back and she's the marquee in June. Would you like to go? Love to. I'd love to. All right. Well, you've got two tickets for Dido Live at the Marquee on the tenth of June. They are yours, sir. Thank you very, very much. Cheers. That's Stuart McKay, today's winner. We have one more pair of tickets to give away for Dido tomorrow on the Opinion Line. And also, of course, tomorrow is a free Panto Friday. Uh, every hour, we'll have a family pass for Jack of the Beanstalk, the VIP performance at the Everyman. Special reception from 6 o'clock and paint, face painters and magicians and selection boxes and all that. That's on the 18th of December that's happening. We're giving away tickets all day tomorrow on a free Panto Friday with Jack and being stuck at the Everyman exclusively on Cork's 96 FM. Now, I mentioned BB's book just a minute ago. I have, in my other hand, I have a most beautiful publication, a gorgeous publication that uh, the, the author sent me a gift of uh, during, the, during the year. And it is Nevin Maguire's Perfect Irish Christmas. And Nevin has been on the opinion line a few times with me, and he's back again. Nevin, good morning. Good morning, Peter. How are you? Great. And as I said, a beautiful, a beautiful Thank publication. You. A beautiful, particularly I love the one for Perfect Christmas Gravy because I love <laughs> big, I love big gravy. But it's that Me time too. people are yeah. putting the stuff aside. They're ordering the bird. They're ordering the ham. Some people who don't do the do meat are planning what vegetarian they'll have. So, is it? Are we still very traditional, Nevin, when it comes to Christmas? Yeah, I think so. I think Christmas is all about tradition. Like, I've just finished, uh, well, my first of two um, cookery shows, and uh, we went down to Waterford. And, PJ, why we went to Waterford was because of one foodie destination. Now, in Cork, you have some of the best produce in the world, honestly. The people, the food, the producers, second to none. So I done a buttermilk brine turkey, which is a little bit different. It's been a while since I've cooked full turkey at home, even for my family. I'll tell you why I do it. It's easy to cook and it's easy to carve. And I, I'm a big believer in keeping uh, Christmas very um, stress-free, free, mm. excuse me, and just that you can enjoy the good food with your family and friends, I think. So it's an American technique. You get your turkey breast, you put it in buttermilk, you cover it with some sliced orange, some rosemary, a little bit of garlic, and uh, you can use lots of different herbs or, or different ingredients if you want to. But that's where you put in a little bit of garlic and rosemary and sliced orange. Leave it for 24 hours, lift it out of the buttermilk, uh, wash off the bottom of pat it dry and then lots yeah. of lovely Irish butter with some lemon orange zest and smoked bacon and then you roast it like a three point three and a half kilo breast will feed 
about maybe six or seven people. That'll take about maybe two and a half, two, three quarters hours. The and then really softens the meat, doesn't it? Makes it You're lovely right. and moist. It's gorgeous. Moist. Because you hit the nail right in the head. What do people want from turkey? They don't want it dry. They want it moist, succulent and tasty. Yes. And this ticks all the boxes. The best recipe I've ever done. Do you know it's something that is a discussion we have in my house every year and I, I, I tend to win um, because I like, I, I don't, turkey crown has become very popular because yes. there's less waste with it. But yes. I, I can't get the same flavour out of the meat in a turkey crown because when you cook the whole bird, you seem to get a better flavour. Yeah, you know, there's definitely something to be said for that. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I mean, like, and if you're thinking of getting the crown of turkey, you know, get your butcher to bone and roll the legs. You're paying for them. You know, you don't want the butchers left with all the turkey legs. What are they going to do? Make burgers. So you can roast them separately. But you're right. Tradition, you're roasting the whole turkey. Lots of lovely um, butter. Uh, lots of smoked bacon. In the cavity of the turkey, I don't put stuff in. I put some onion. I put some orange. I put some thyme. And that's going to flavor your gravy. And, and, and water and vegetables underneath like a trivet. You know, so that's so that's uh, works really well but you're actually right the full bird sometimes it's hard to beat but I do I do definitely keep it nice and simple and the buttermilk brine turkey it's in that book that you mentioned but also if the viewers can go on to the RTI player they can see it, it it's definitely a great recipe fantastic it is. now of course you've had the ham as well and I'm one of these fellas I love the ham that literally crumbles on the fork <laughs> me and you are very alike you I, I've that. got a ham I, I, I don't like I don't like cut the ham the ham nearly needs to break on the fork, but to get that right is difficult. It is, you know, and I, like I usually kind of cook it a day or two ahead in some water, a little bit of cider, some apple juice if you want to, and then some vegetables. And then you can use that cooking stock for a lovely super risotto, mm. whatever you want to do after Christmas. You can freeze it. But the ham, I always kind of cook it on the off the bone, excuse me, but I've done it on the bone. It takes longer, obviously. It's more dramatic. Um, but I'm talking about the glaze. So you can pre-cook it two or three days ahead. And a really nice glaze is some nice Irish honey, or you can use maple syrup, balsamic vinegar, red currant jelly, a little bit of all spice, it's not the the, the mixed spice, the all spice, or the old spice, the aftershave of PJ. It's a, it's a tiny little berry, you put that into the sauce and you lovely. cook that out. Uh, all those lovely, the vinegar, the sweet, the sour, and then you brush that over your ham and you can have that made now because that will keep for weeks and weeks and it's lovely over pork chops, bacon chops, that kind of thing. It's delicious. Keep that ham water to boil your sprouts. You're right. You're a good man. I'm telling you, you're on the ball. And you know, there's nothing worse, PJ, than an overcooked sprout. It puts people off. So blanch your sprouts in that water the night before. And that means for two or three minutes, cut them in half, trim them, obviously. And then do a stir fry with some red onion, ginger, garlic, oh, a little stop. bit of chili in there, some chestnuts. I'm not going to stir fry sprouts. Oh, my go. God. They're lovely. They're lovely. What is it about the humble sprout, though, Nevin? That we only. I, I, I'm. People look at me like I had three heads and I say, I love sprouts. I'd eat them all year round. We, we throw them at each other for the rest of the year and then we eat them we with do. a pound on Christmas Day. You know what? And I mean, people have this um, kind of memories of going into a house and the sprouts are boiled to death, God forgive me. It's just that they're overcooked because they do release this kind of like not a pleasant smell when they're overcooked. But if you cook them, blanch them the night before, then refresh them under the cold water and then do that stir fry. Like, they're delicious. Like my son, Connor, one of my twins, he's eight. And I asked him recently, he one of his favourite vegetables, Brussels sprouts. God, I couldn't believe his answer. I thought it'd be sweet corn, peas or carrots, but no, Brussels sprouts. So you do need to get flavour, but yeah. they're lovely cooked with just a little bit of butter. As you said, that's water from the ham. That's a brilliant tip. I'm just going to write that down for the new book. No, just Al dente as well. you got to have a bite. <laughs> Al dente. Firm to the bite. Not now, that they're raw, but just a little bit of a bite. The, yeah. the spud discussion. Mash and gravy or roasties? Both, for me. 
uh, I love boat and roasties. Like there's a great um, a butcher, a James Whelan butcher, and he does the most be- beautiful beef dripping. So pre-cook your rooster potatoes is what I use. Peel them, cut them evenly, par-cook them the night before, and a little bit of salted water so it stops them from this colouring. Christmas morning, uh, beef dripping. Now you can use duck fat. There's a really nice uh, cork producer, Skihanor duck, uh, in Bally de Hob, and you can use their lucky duck fat. Rosemary, garlic, in goes your spuds into the oven. Oh, there's nothing nicer. Crispy mm. potatoes, floury potatoes, crispy on the outside, floury in the, in the middle. Gorgeous. Now, if you want a really nice soft mash, invest in the potato ricer. It will give you a really, really lovely, um, lumpy mash. Okay. Put in some butter, put in some milk, a little drop of cream there, PJ, and you have the most delicious mash. May not be the healthiest we'll, we'll, stuff we'll, I've got. We'll be wheeled away from the table. <laughs> I love it. You'll be in a food coma. Is it too late, <laughs> no, is it too late to, to do a pudding now? No, no, I don't know. I mean, at the recipe, like, that's in my book, and if any of your uh, listeners want to email just Matthew House, I'll give them any recipes they want, so no problem. More, more than happy to do that. We do. It's my Auntie Maureen, who is a retired home economics teacher. We have hours cooked for about maybe five weeks, but you can do it absolutely in the next week if you can. Um, the longer you leave it, the better it's going to be. But ours is cooked in the oven in a, what we call a ban marina. We use a steamer in work. But, yeah, it's lovely. There's a little bit of rum and there's port in it. Lots of good fruits. That's the key into it. Um, and I, I happily share that recipe um, or give it to your listeners no problem at all it's not your no. are you doing a demo in Bishopstown by the way I am. I've just recently launched a Cook with Neff and Wire cookware range, and I'm I'm going to be down there tonight in Bishopstown this evening between six and seven. Going to be doing a book signing. The people want to ask a question. There's going to be tasting there. Some lovely local producers uh, from Cork and the surrounding areas, and we're going to be doing a, a cookery demonstration, and we're going to be doing a raffle. So some of the audience that come tonight, if you're nothing, you can't win. Could win a dinner, bed, and breakfast for two people in my restaurant. Not with me. Bring whoever you want to, <laughs> and I'll be cooking some lovely recipes. I'm going to do a nice curry. This is a nice recipe, PJ, for leftover um, turkey or chicken, uh, sticky cocktail sausages, tiramisu, and then a prawn and mango cocktail. So it's a cookery demo, Q&A, and then I'm just showcasing my lovely cookware launch, uh, cookware that I launched uh, two weeks ago in Dunn's store. So All right. it's a fabulous store, fabulous oh, store. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Nevin. Thanks very much. That's Nevin McGuire. His book, Nevin's Christmas, is in all the good bookshops. It's uh, it's great. 1850-715-996. The Opinion Line on Courts 96FM. With the solid fuel depot at Drew's filling station, Turner's Cross. Great deals on all solid fuels with seven-day delivery. SolidFuelDepot.ie Turn it on. Cork's Gold Emerald Award-winning sports show. The score on Cork's 96 FM. Join me, Trevor Welch, Sundays from 2 for the best music mix and all the latest sport. This week, we take a look at Munster against Saracens and the Champions Cup at Thoman Park. And Russell Rovers of Cork face St. Mary's of Waterford in the Munster Junior Hurling Final. Join Trevor Welch for the score. The score. This Sunday from 2 p.m. on Cork's 96 FM. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850 715 996. On Cork's 96 FM. Apologies, I was hoping to talk to Mary Foley about Passage West Sings. I promise we'll get to you tomorrow, Mary. They have an event on Friday night. Marching are marking the launch of a charity album recorded by their youth choir 
and uh, I'll mention or give you an opportunity to come on and talk about that tomorrow. Once again, if you have anything of your own coming up that you'd like me to give a mention to between now and the Christmas, and we are on air right up to Christmas Eve this year, you can email pj at 96fm.ie with anything you have and man- market Christmas event. Put that into the subject box. So will I be able to d- space it out from the hundred odd emails I get every day? All right, will you do that for me? That's, that's good. Also, I promise I forgot to do it today. I will tell you tomorrow uh, what happened with my famous dryer, my dodgy dryer. I ended up taking the one that they were giving me for free. I ended up not, not pursi- pursuing it uh, to get the better one, even though I would have got the better one if I produced it. I'll explain everything tomorrow. Um, but in the end, I took the, the one that they were offering me. If you pursue it, you will get the better one. But in the end, I just gave up, and I'll tell you why tomorrow. Thanks, Fergal. Thanks, Richard. We'll see you all in the morning, just after nine.